On a brand new Josh Nason's Punch-Out, I am joined by New York Post's Ryan Glassbeagle to talk about the big news that WWE and Raw are heading to Netflix in January 2025. Big international component as well. What does this mean for WWE? What does this mean for Netflix? What does this mean for you, the consumer? And what does this mean for AEW? Let's get into all that more in my 20-minute talk with Ryan Glassbeagle of the New York Post on WWE Raw heading to Netflix. This is Josh Nason's Punch-Out. Well, special breaking news edition of the show here on a Tuesday morning and go to uh, my friend somewhere out in the Midwest in Chicago and uh, from New York Post, of course, Ryan Glassbeagle, a sports media reporter and breaker of news, broke the big barstool news with Eric Cardinardini last week, a uh, former, now former, of course, WWE board member and all that good stuff and uh, got some headlines there for different reasons. A recent, another appearance on the Kirk Minahan show. I mean, boy, you're, you're a man of all media these days, right? As always. I know it's, um, it's, you know, I broke that barstool news from the hospital room the day after my third kid was born. So like the paternity leave gods were just laughing in my face. That's right. That's right. No, uh, no rest for the weary, right? Something like that. Especially when, you, especially when you have a new kid. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. This is uh, this is good. So yeah, was the reason, of course, we're talking on this uh, this Tuesday morning is WWE finally, uh, and I say finally with emphasis, like The Rock would say, because there's also some big news about The Rock that happened today as well. Uh, Signed a new TV rights deal, uh, an inter- a, a a big deal uh, with uh, Raw heading to Netflix starting in January 2000. And 25, the deal is for 10 years and $5 billion. That's been reported. Of course, that includes an international component with a company obviously running raw in different countries um, in addition to the United States and and more as time goes along. So Netflix is going to become the home uh, for WWE in in a lot of ways, and especially with internationally with their, you know, their pay-per-views slash PLEs, uh, SmackDown, you know, Raw, NXT, Things like that. So really, it's transition becoming the home to uh, to Netflix. Uh, Netflix's transition becoming the home to WWE next year. There's a lot of things to kind of get to. But you know, when you obviously you've been tracking this for a while, when you first heard the news this morning, what'd you think? Uh, you know, it, it was surprising in the sense that like the the bidders that had been named, um, you know, Netflix wasn't included in any of the rumors. Like it, it seemed like Amazon was going to be where it was going to land. And before that, people had mentioned, oh, it could go to Disney with FX or maybe it even like unseats AEW at WBD. Um, But Netflix wasn't one of like the, you know, obviously it was lingering in everybody's mind as a possibility because there's such a content juggernaut. But it wasn't, there weren't any like reports that these companies were in talks. So they did that you know, they kept it very quiet. Um, I imagine it was a pretty small circle of people who knew. But then when you start to think about it after the announcement, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Netflix hasn't gotten into live sports, but WWE is kind of like a hybrid product where it's scripted entertainment that runs live. And, um, you know, 
the the library has value. The um, you don't necessarily have to watch it live like you do with live sports. Um, I think a lot of people probably watch it at their leisure throughout the week. I know I do that sometimes, especially in recent years where time has become at a premium where like, you know, I may not watch SmackDown or Raw live, but I'll sit down a couple of days later and just power through it on DVR. And so it makes the, 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 and then the international component that you mentioned makes a lot of sense too, because you know, we look at it through the lens of America first, but WWE and Netflix have both become these like global entities where um, the the content has value all over the planet, not just in America. And so I really, you know, it, it's kind of opaque. We have no idea what WWE was making for various international rights before. But um, it, the, the puzzle makes sense in terms of being global partners together. Yeah, because you, when you know, you, you talk to all these different international companies, you have to build all those different relationships and manage a lot of those relationships versus Netflix, which is like to your point, it's synonymous with entertainment. It is everywhere. You're almost 250 million subscribers worldwide and accessible. The, I mean, it's, it's this deal. Now, as you kind of look at it, it makes almost too much sense. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm so the other component, which I just uh, was just made aware of a few minutes ago, and I don't even think that you've heard this yet is that this deal could be up to 20 years. Now, the reason for that is in the filing, Netflix has an out clause. So they have a Netflix has the option to cancel the 10 year deal after just five years, or they have the option to extend the deal for additional 10 years, according to a TKO filing that just came out this morning. So the deal could be five years, 10 years, or 20 years. Basically, it's kind of up to Netflix what they want to do. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I wonder what the terms would be for like extending it, how much extra they would need to pay. Mm. Yeah, did not, um, yeah, did, but, did, yeah so, like, you know... You know Backend rights are pretty common in um, like sports rights deals. So, like for example, with like um, NFL rights, the network that has them will have like the right to match um, if like the deal expires and somebody else tries to get them. So it's like interesting if this gives Netflix the right to match a ten-year deal, or if like the price of the rights is kind of charted out for that long. And it'll be like interesting to find out from a media nerd perspective, <laughs> how that um, works. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so the other component of this, of course, uh, will be next year. Uh, TKO is set to make a ton more money because both the UFC uh, ESPN deal is coming up in those rights, as well as the domestic uh, WWE network deal with Peacock. So, before, uh, Nick Khan said he found that very interesting, the timing that comes up next year. And I don't know if it's a, you know, obviously a fait accompli that those are also going to go to Netflix as well. Obviously, they didn't announce that today. So my thought is that they would try to shop those around as well. And, you know, again, the, the PLEs are a big, uh, that's a big component domestically. And I wonder if, it yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You finish. Yeah. So initially, you know, last week I thought that maybe Prime would be a perfect spot for those those rights versus um, 
you know, versus a uh, a peacock or something like that, just because. Oh, sorry, versus like raw rights going to Amazon Prime. At this point, if they're in bed with Netflix, I don't know if they can go. If that makes you know a lot of partnership sense to go to Prime, but kind of with the, the network rights, do you think uh, it's a uh, it's a definite that uh, Netflix will take those as well? Do you think they're going to shop around and still try to find the best deal for these two? Well, they're for sure they're for sure going to shop them around. And by the way, Peacock probably has those back-end rights that we just talked about. So WWE mm. might shop it around. Netflix big bids X, Amazon or ESPN Plus bids Y, and then Peacock says, okay, we'll take it at that price. I, we don't know. But, mm. um, yeah, I would say that the the bidders are probably for it, Peacock, um, because, you know, WWE was the first driver of Peacock's growth. Now they've got NFL and Big Ten and a huge scripted entertainment library, not to mention, you know, the Olympics and Bravo shows airing the next day and on and on. But um, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, it, there's like a million different derivatives of how this could go. And probably the only people who really have an idea of where it's going to go are like Nick Khan, Ari Emanuel, Mark Shapiro, and, depending on like how much you believe the reports about Vince McMahon's involvement or lack thereof him. Um, but like, I think those four people probably know what the cards are and the rest of us, it's kind of like an interesting power game. It's kind of fascinating how like, you know, NFL fans are not nearly as obsessed with like the NFL business as wrestling fans yeah. are with WWE, but it's like, you know, for, for those of us who grew up watching this and it kind of like adopted studying the WWE and now TKO business, it's like, you know, we can have these fantasy booking conversations about where the pay-per-view rights go. Yeah. It's, it's a very uh, unique part of being a fan is this, uh, this tie into like, I mean, wrestlers are talking about demos and ratings during promos, like out of nowhere, right? Yeah. It's just kind of weird how that works. But yeah, I mean, so this kind of completes the set for WWE, at least for now. Uh, SmackDown staying with the, or they're staying in the NBC Universal family. SmackDown. Oh, there, there's still, there's still, uh, there's still a couple questions. Okay, go, go for it. What, what's on your I mind? I wonder. I wonder if Raw, which has been on Monday forever, like over thirty years if raw might be switching the night of the week, um, because you know, the NFL is the most popular show on TV and SmackDown moved. It used to not be on Fridays. It moved to Fridays to in part to be away from the NFL. And now it's going to stay on Fridays, despite the fact that it's going to be switching from Fox to USA. I wonder if WWE and Netflix might think, hey, we could get a bigger audience on Tuesday or Wednesday than we do on Monday. And then if they choose Wednesday, if they have like a new kind of ratings war with Dynamite. Yeah, that's a it's yeah, it's kind of fascinating part is where all these shows fit during the week and what is the ideal you know, layout for WB during the week because they still are going to have, you know, monthly uh, PLEs. And yeah, to your point, kind of getting away from the NFL. Or yeah, it, it'll be, that is a very fascinating part because again, Monday is is so synonymous with Raw even during 
NFL time that to switch it. That's a that's a, you know that's a risk as well, right? Because you have to re-educate. There's the hardcore fans that are going to find it no matter what, but then the you know the casuals you have to be able to make sure that uh, actually maybe they don't care because look you're getting a Netflix platform and you're going to uh, generate a new generation of casuals. You know, I don't. Yeah, I mean I don't know. And then the other thing regarding the PLEs is. Are they going to keep it as a, like part of a bundle like it is with Peacock and like it was with WWE Network? Or are they going to go back to the pay-per-view model, which has been very successful for UFC? And I mean, like, it, I don't even remember what pay-per-views cost before WWE Network. Cause it's been like a decade now. <laughs> Maybe they were 50 bucks, but they're going to be, if they go back to pay-per-view, and like WrestleMania's two nights, we're looking at that costing like a hundred dollars, which is more than what it costs to buy Peacock for a year. And so, for diehard wrestling fans, being a part of the bundle for the PLEs has been like the deal of the century. And like, so you know, all these NFL fans were complaining about Peacock last weekend. I'm like, Peacock is one of the best deals ever. It's 60 bucks for a year, which is what one pay-per-view used to cost. And by the way, we don't just get WWE. We get all this other stuff with it, too. And so, um, and WWE Network before that was 10 bucks a month, so 120 bucks a year. So Peacock, you know, cut just WWE Network in half. And as I said before, it has all this other stuff. But if they go back to pay-per-views and now all of a sudden you're looking at 12 WWE pay-per-views, four plus AEW pay-per-views a year, it gets really expensive to be a Netflix, I mean, to be a wrestling fan. And you've also got to pay for Netflix, got to pay for cable. Um, we don't even know what, how the AEW rights are going to get divvied up. And so, you know, these are things like, I hope that selfishly that they stay as part of a bundle. And then it really doesn't matter to me whether they go to... ESPN Plus or Peacock or Netflix or Prime, as long as like it's part of what you're already paying in the subscription. But if it goes back to pay-per-view and all of a sudden, you know, I think we'll order the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam and Mania, but, you know, you might have a hard decision to make at Money in the Bank or Survivor Series to say nothing of like Backlash and Elimination Chamber and Crown Jewel and on and on and on. And so, uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch. And as I said, I hope that they stay part of a bundle. Yeah, that'd be fascinating to see as well, to, to be able to kind of go back, try to put that toothpaste back in the tube. I mean, they could just do a hybrid model where they have a few pay-per-views a year, maybe the big four, so to speak, and then uh, and then have others just available on stream. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very fascinating. And to your point, yeah, I mean, it, it costs – it does cost a decent amount for, for wrestling fans to actually follow the product, but that's a, you know, these companies, they, they went after MMA and they went after wrestling in, in so many ways because their fans are used to paying for stuff. Right. I mean, no other, and yeah. now to your point, other fan bases are going to have to start getting used to something that, you know, you and I have been doing this for decades. <laughs> you know, we we're, we're familiar with the game right. and we're, we're used to it. And that's a big change. Uh, that's a big change as well. So, on the AEW side of things, I think this, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, that we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, if Tony Khan really goes out for bid. Um, we don't know kind of when that exclusive window with WBD is out. I would assume they're the front runner, of course, given 
this news. Uh, one thing that you know Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics I talked about before is, you know, does the NXT deal kind of hurt AEW's value potentially because of similar numbers, the uh, dollar per minute? Or so, I can't remember what the term was, but kind of how this is going to affect AEW now. And to me, the most interesting thing is, do they go out for bid, and who who potentially could be bidders? What are your uh, thoughts on that? There, I think. At least the majority is going to stay with WBD. Um, I don't remember if this has been reported or it's just speculated, but I believe WBD has some type of equity stake in AEW. Um, It's it's important for the demo. It's important for, like, the churn. Um, You know, I think we could see pay-per-views migrate to the Max platform. Maybe we could even see one of their shows migrate to the max platform as like being exclusive not on cable um and i also wonder if maybe like fox gets involved in like part of the package at the right price because you know they've been in the wrestling business for the last five years or whatever they thought wwe was too expensive but maybe they get uh like price per minute as you were saying with AEW that makes it make sense to keep that Friday night wrestling window I don't know it's just pure speculation on my part I know that AEW would certainly like Fox to enter the bidding but mm. um yeah well I, I think that at, at the very least WBD remains AEW's flagship home yeah, I I would not be surprised to see them split some rights up, you know, with uh and that'd be I think be smart for them to have, you know, Dynamite remain the flagship to on uh, on WBD if it's on TNT or TBS, I assume TBS and then you know perhaps see if there's interest for collision with another network and then I you know there's Rampage which does like okay on Friday nights. I wouldn't, you know, to me I'd rather see if you're going to have 5 hours of AEW programming a week I'd rather see three hours of dynamite and two hours of collision and call it good instead of having like another night and especially one that, uh, you know, isn't, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe they, maybe they use rampage as like their NXT though. Like, you know, and you kind of grown and I kind of grown like, Oh my God, there's so much of this to keep up with. Like, how can I watch it all? But maybe AEW likes having this like C property, where they can, um, you know, get young wrestlers reps and young writers reps and young producers reps that are a little bit like lower stakes and use it as a way to have a farm system. Yeah, but that would be so Ring of Honor component. And Tony Khan, if you've heard this when he talked, uh, if you saw his headline a couple of months ago, I think it was, might have been December when Essentially, he was talking about Ring of Honor, and he was t- the, basically confirmed a deal that confirmed that he had talked with the CW a couple of years ago when they approached him uh, in Los Angeles. And he, at that point, it might have been last year, and he said it was no, he just didn't have a ton of interest in doing it because he he wants to keep Ring of Honor as like this card in his hand to play as part of the AEW rights because he thinks it's it's like a major card. I don't know if people uh-huh. think that way because WBD with their vast array of networks and and options to have stuff, they had no interest in putting it on one of their networks. And Tony Khan took it in-house and is doing it on Honor Club. So I uh I don't to me that would be your your feeder because but then that's another 
that's another property. And WBD hasn't shown much interest in that. And Tony Khan didn't want to have the CW have it. And meanwhile, they just signed NXT. So I'm fascinated to see how that element turns out as well. And again, it, do they go, does AEW as a whole go to the, you know, the ESPN uh, UFC model, which is some pay-per-views and then uh, some streaming specials or something like that. I'm kind of really fascinated to see how that turns out. Cause it's, it's obviously like super important for their future. Like, are they going to be at the same level or is there going to be able to uh, a, a huge influx of money uh, for them anyway? Is that going to be enable them to do more things? Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so many different directions. This stuff can all go. And I feel like after uh, the next year and a half, this stuff is going to be settled for a while. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the other element of all this, of course, is the rock being named to the TKO board of directors. This just happened today. It's crazy that, you know, the rock uh, being part of this uh, board of directors and getting his name. That's like second on the list in terms of stories today, you know? Um, so it's crazy. All this kind of happened at once. I was just listening to an interview with, uh, he and, uh, Ari Emanuel that they did on CNBC and yeah, this, this, uh, I mean, WWE has such an advantage that they can pull this intellectual property from their past and these stars from their past and that nostalgia streams. Yeah, they, still, they still have stone cold, like who we saw is physically able of having a brawl match. That's you right. Know, yeah. Like, um, and so, you know, they, they've got the rock for probably, it seems at least the next several months. And then for next year, they can do a mania with stone cold. Um, and so it's it just, you know, it doesn't last forever, but, um, they do still have the, these vestiges of the attitude era. And by the way, like they have triple H, and Shawn Michaels too. Like, you know, I know Triple H is like retired, but um, you know, there there are ways to like utilize these people. We see Sting in his like late fifties or is even sixty now, like whatever. He's still kind of like you can put him in a tag match. Um, so the the like the way that like modern medicine has made it so these wrestlers' bodies can. Um, recuperate and you know get in to like plausible shape to have these one-offs has just been a massive asset to wwe that i don't think we could have foreseen like 20 years ago yeah yeah um what so final question so the big the big questions for you going forward the major one is what essentially what night that these are going to go on because that will kind of uh kind of establish kind of what what could happen with AEW and everything is that your biggest question coming out of this yeah, and then I mean, what happens with the PLEs? Because that's that's fascinating too. And then you know, how do they work the Rock in? Is another interesting thing because you know they're clearly building to Rock and Roman, and they've been teasing it for several years now. But I I kind of wonder if what we saw last night with like this face to face with Punk and Cody about how this like the the Rumble is about those two getting to like finish like which one of them gets to finish their story maybe the answer is neither and the rock wins the rumble and then those two like have maybe they build it so like the winner of like their saturday night wrestlemania main event gets to face the winner of rock and roman or something i don't even know but um 
like I, I feel like last night was like a swerve to distract us from the rock winning the rumble. Maybe right. I'm wrong. Right. Yeah. A lot of intrigue. It's good to be a WB fan these days. Cause there's a lot going on and yeah. As you it's mentioned, good to be a writer for the wrestling observer though. Like <laughs> ever since AEW popped up, your guys business is booming. Yeah. It's uh it's a lot more interesting. It's, it even trickles down to some of the smaller groups and they're trying to make moves and, it's uh yeah, it's a very fascinating time. It's there's no slow news day. Sometimes sometimes Sundays are, but they're for the most part <laughs> there's no slow news day. I mean, again, when when the span of an hour, we had the Rock joining TKO's uh, board, and then we had Raw moving to Netflix, and uh, all the questions come out of that. So yeah, certainly no slow down. Be looking forward to talking to you more about that in uh, in the the months and in years ahead. But before you let you go, uh, go ahead and plug where people can find you on social, where they can yeah, hear you and sell um, that. Sports Report, S-P-O-R-T-S-R-A-P-P-O-R-T on X. And then my author page um, at the New York Post where I cover the intersection of sports and entertainment. So um, thank you very much for having me, Josh. I really appreciate it. And best of luck with everything going forward. I know you're going to be busy with work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, if you are also a, a House of Strauss subscriber, you can hear Ryan on there about uh, once a month, occasion for the emergency pods and things like that. So uh, great to hear you there as well. Ryan Glassbeagle, thanks so much for taking the time. Yep. Have a good one, man.